coming up in today's episode. Separate from the conditioning that society and family give us. Was it the the network? Was it a movie in the 70s? It was so freeing in that movie that that everybody could yell out, I'm not going to take it anymore. And, and that's the beginning of your awakening. Welcome to episode 80 of Enter the Mind podcast, the most real talk, no-nonsense podcast on the empowering of the mind. In today's episode, we'll be interviewing Indra Rinsler, astrologer and spiritual guide. Indra, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me, Robert. Happy to be here. Yeah, and uh, Kira is a big fan of astrology, if I'm not mistaken, so... I'd like her to start off this interview. Once again, thanks, Indra, for coming on. Um, I was actually super happy to see that you were involved in Vedic astrology, and this is like your interest, um, because I learned about it uh, not too long ago, and I, I, I haven't gone deep into it, but I just thought it was so cool. Whatever day you were born on is like the chakra that it has to do with your life's like path, something like that. Is that correct? You know, I I never heard that one. So, really? uh, but really? I mean, seven chakras, seven days of the week. It does sort of line up. It's sort of a an energy thing. But I've never heard that particular uh, that that particular idea. Each each day of the week is a planet. That I know. Uh, Monday, Moon Day, Sunday, Sunday. Tuesday is Mars. Wednesday is Mercury. Thursday is Jupiter. Friday is Venus, and Saturday is Saturn. That I've I know, uh, but putting them to the chakras, um, why not? <laughs> Who can know? It's uh, <laughs> cool, but it's really interesting, actually. What's probably like the biggest thing that you learned about yourself through Vedic astrology that like helped you? figure out who you are i just want to say that vedic astrology is astrology of india and and the two yeah. astrologies have a lot in common but okay. like everything there are a few subtle differences which i won't go into particularly but i like to say western astrologers don't agree with western astrologers and vedic don't agree with vedic so if western and vedic don't agree it's kind of the par for the course, you know, that everybody's kind of doing their own thing anyways. But uh, I would say, you know, there in Vedic astrology, there's a there's a, a timing system called the Mahadashas, the great periods. And this particular teaching tells us that in 120 year cycles, each of the nine planets we use has a time and it has a particular time when it's the most important planet in your life. And when I really understood this teaching more than 20 years ago, it was the kind of thing that I thought, I really want to share this with other people. And so for myself to understand my own timing, that we have a 40-year cycle, an outward cycle. This would be the period of Mars, the period of Rahu, which is the south node of the moon, and the period of Jupiter together. And in 2006, I ended this 40-year outward period, and I went inward, 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 inward. I'm now 15 years into Saturn. And understanding that, of course, I knew it was coming, but understanding that it was happening and understanding that uh, most people would say, oh, my God, what's going on? But I kind of knew the timing, and I knew, and in fact, I met my wife three months before I started this Saturn period, and she is incredibly Saturn, and she's helped me through this Saturn period. She vibrates at a, at a very easy Saturn level, where Saturn was not necessarily my easiest 
planet and period to be in. It's easier later in life. Knowing about the periods is an incredible opportunity to learn about ourselves. The periods are long enough that at you, your guys' age, you might only have been in four periods. You know, you're maybe in your fourth period for your whole life at, at I don't know, 30s or 40s. And, and so when you change a period, it's a big deal. You know, in, in a 32-year in a period, there's only a month when that transition is happening within 32 years. And if you contact me three months before that period, I got to say that you're pretty aware of it. And I, and I had a client recently who was changing periods in, um, in about five months. And I said about six or seven months ago, you could feel that you were changing periods. And she said, absolutely, six or seven months ago. I can see it easily on the chart. The chart just uh, spits out this information, and and you could uh, you could figure it out um, mathematically. I mean, you could do it without the chart. But um, the thing is, is that people know it intuitively. They know that there's a change coming up. That they feel different energy coming in. That they're that they're going inward or they're going outward or they're feeling to explore themselves. A sun period, and it's uh, so people know, but they don't really know to put a name on it but they know when i describe the energy they do recognize it does it feel like a uh, a feeling of relaxation or a feeling of uptightness or well uh, probably both uh, you know i mean it, it depends what period you're feeling into going into the sun period you might feel that you're ready to explore yourself you're interested in taking on that career move you're interested in exploring yourself more you're interested in in I got to be me and out of my way and you get more arrogant or more focused on yourself in moon periods you're working on your emotions you might have a lot of ups and downs and you're going well why am I feeling so emotional and, and it's because that your that your emotion your moon energy has been it's like uh it might be like a full-time full moon if I tell you you're gonna say whoa you know yeah last year i didn't feel that way but ever since the you know it's been like a constant full moon and and that's how you interpret it but you won't know that that's what's going on that's what's so incredible about what i can share with people is, is that i can enunciate what's going on for them i love that you traveled around the world and have given life readings for people um to find more happiness am i correct well that's correct i would say i i'm interested in helping them to know who they really are when they become who they really are then the happiness will just flow yes yes so in all of your travels around the world um if you feel comfortable answering your hardest person to to like crack the hardest not to crack of course is myself and that's the, the, the that one is with me wherever i go but uh i was working with a woman one one season in india she was attracting some really tougher clients and we had one fellow who was about uh, 31 or 32 years old and he was a stutterer and he told us at the beginning that he had terrible relationships and terrible and not really much relationships with women and and was was you could feel his unsettledness and desperation and uh, just difficultness that he had had and so we went through the reading we're going into childhood things and uh, and so we started doing the same mahadasha periods 
I was working it with him and I could pin it down and I don't exactly remember what it was. I think it had something to do with Mars, but it was around six or seven years old. And so we said to him, we think that there's something around six or seven years old that, that caused this, that, that that's that's we can feel because there's intuition involved in this too. The intuition comes from the clients that their, their higher self is telling you, ask questions about so-and-so. You understand that there's a, there's a, there's a high level dialogue when they're open that, that, that they're having with you. So I said, there's something about six or seven years old. I said, with your parents and family, he said, no, the parents and family were really good. I said, okay. So then we thought, well, what about at school? He said, let's see, six or seven years old school. Oh, well, there was this one. And we said, yeah, that's probably it. And so he had an experience that I won't go into that was very traumatizing. He hadn't thought about it, but it wasn't like he had completely forgotten it, but he didn't realize it was the cause. And when we said that's the cause and we said da 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 da, da out of that, and, and then we saw him uh, you know, a week, we, we saw him a week later and he didn't stutter as much anymore. We saw a complete change. And for a lot of people, it's really understanding what's really going on and being ready to let it go, being ready to, to own it in order to be able to let it go and to release it so that you can go beyond. And he was ready to do that. He might not at, at 15 years old. If we'd had the same conversation, we went on the same result. But he was now at 31, 32. He was ready to be done with it. And once he could see that it was an external that made him feel uh, overly sensitive, then when he let it go, then it was then it was gone. I find it amazing how we humans hang on to things for so long, and we forget that we're even hanging on to them. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, we, we hang on to things that aren't even true, let alone the things that are true. <laughs> I mean, they're not even our stories. Our parents says you, you need to get an education and you don't even like being in the school and you're not even like the subject you're in. It's not even your story. And so um, you reach an age where you're ready to let those things go, that, that they're really big in your 20s and when 30s they're not so big and at 50 you don't even remember. Thank God. Getting more in line with who you really are. Is that what you would say is the, the ultimate goal? Well, it's to get in line with who you are, but it's to completely give it up. You want to be the best chef, but at that point when you become the best chef, if you're going to be the best chef, then you're going to let go of the idea of being the best chef. Because if you, you're always trying to be the best chef, then you're never going to find any peace. The ultimate is to let go of any of our personal needs and, and any of our personal history and to, just, and to just flow with what is, because it will come to you. Whatever you want will come to you when you're, when you're not pushing it away energetically. And, and so that's the ultimate. But the idea is to, is to know yourself better so that you can know who you really are. Is it the case then that when we're born and we're little, we're we're more aligned with who we really are. And then as time goes on and we have experiences, we deviate from that. I like to tell this little bit of teaching as I say that the baby three to six months old, you see the pictures, they grab their foot and they don't know that they're holding their foot and they don't know that it's their foot and they don't know that it's a foot because it's all preconcept. So they're holding this foot. And then a year later, mommy says baby's blanket baby's blanket and then six months later the toddler says my book 
my blanket, my mommy misidentification has occurred, thinking that that the blanket is ours. Rather than using nouns, which would be objects or uh, verbs, which would be actions, we have a language based on pronouns. And so it becomes my blanket. And then we spend the rest of our life undoing that conditioning and, and, and relearning the identification of who we really are, not who we think we are. Totally. Yeah, I definitely believe that language really influences our psychology and our experience of things. So what's the process look like to come back to who we really are? The four doorways to conscious living. And so the first doorway is to learn to observe. That's to watch your own thinking, to watch your behavior, to watch how you react to how people are. And you watch how, how they're reacting to how you are or how they think you are. The idea is to get out of the movie of your life and to get into the audience to be an observer of that movie. The second doorway is to let go and release what doesn't serve you. And then the third door is you love yourself. And then the fourth doorway is you live in the moment. So if you're living in the moment, then you love yourself. And so uh, how do I love myself? Well, you let go and release what doesn't serve. And we do. We spend an awful lot of time there. You know, that's like 95% of it, of the work. And and so how do we know what to let go and release? Well, we just observe our own life, where we get triggered, where we have tension, where we have emotion, where we're, you know, where we're lackadaisical. What one day I made up this phrase, you know, do you brush your dog before you go to the park or when you come back from the park? And that'll tell you something about you. Is it more important that the dog look good when you're going to see people or is it more important that the dog has everything out of its hair? Self-love has come up three episodes in a row, I believe. So we're on a hot streak. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, self-love is, is a human theme right now. You mean uh, in the year 2022? No, not particularly 2022, but just the smallness that we've experienced for uh, centuries and millenniums is that, is that we're, we're not good enough. We need to change. We need to do better. We're, we're not doing the right thing. We're not taking care of ourselves. The guilt and greed and, 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 and small-mindedness and blame and, and shame. I mean, these, these concepts have, have been rampant and growing for the last 5,000 years. So in this particular time, the ability to be able to love ourselves, to see us at our highest, this is, this is the, the work that we're doing right now for the next couple thousand years. No, that's a perspective, <laughs> if I ever heard one. <laughs> when people are thinking about yesterday and tomorrow, how about 5,000 years ago? <laughs> I had to go back to 5,000 years because I spent a, a, over a year, maybe even two years, studying the history of astrology at a point about it, in 10 or 12 years ago. In order to help people, I had to understand how we got here and what it is. And I, and I used to say... Uh, 50 years ago, when I moved to the country and we lived on uh, 80 acres in Southern Oregon, we had no electricity, we had running water, we cooked on a wood stove, uh, you know, we, we bought a saw to cut wood and that lasted maybe an hour. When we had a phone, it was a four digit phone number, you know, it's like we went back to the 1870s. I kind of wanted to do that, even if to touch into it in order to understand why are things the way that they are right now and why and how did we get here and what do i need to understand about it for my own growth so what was the big takeaway from that 
growing up in in New York City in Manhattan, I kind of needed to get back to the land and I needed to get my roots to get into the quiet and to get into the peacefulness and to and to take things on in the clarity of whether they're worthwhile or not, rather than the stories are involved. I've, I've stayed out of most of the traditional teachings, particularly around astrology and Enneagram, my, my modalities that I teach, because I don't want to pick up the group thing because I want to understand it from my own point of view, from what feels right for me, not not egotistical point of view, but I want to take it down to the pure energy and then say what's what's important for me and what isn't important for me. What do I feel is true and what of it is just nonsense that's been added on? Yeah, I can see that. There's definitely a group think phenomena going on and it's uh, making me wonder, I, I mean, it's... Does everyone at some point in their life need to kind of venture off on their own and go in the forest in solitude and, and kind yeah. of? Yeah. Well, I don't think everybody needs to do that in this life, but I think that there comes, I mean, if we reincarnate, there comes a life when that may be a, a big theme for you. You know, it may be, there may be a moment, you know, I mean, we maybe have all had a moment, even if it's everybody leaves us, leaves us at the pool, you know, or you're at a what do you call that? A all-in-one resort and everybody leaves the pool to go drink and it's quiet and there's a bird singing, the sky's changing and and it's a wow moment. And it could only be a split second or it could be five minutes and you could go really deep and you could never be the same from it. Do you have any daily routines where you seek solitude? Yes, I, I, I have a meditation practice in the morning and in the evening. I also have a daily walk. I do a 40-minute walk, and I think that that's a little bit of the same. Any tips or suggestions for people that haven't really incorporated that yet into their lives? The suggestion is don't give up. It may not be the right time. You may be in those 40-hour years, and it's not as easy in the 40-hour years, if you're, especially if you're an extrovert. And so it may not be your time yet. So the point is you just haven't done it yet. And so your time will your time may come. And if it isn't this life, that's okay too. It may be the next one if there is a, a next life. And, and it may be that you didn't need to do that. And that's okay too. I feel like the work that you do is quite important. You travel to all of these countries. You help people. When you go in the grave, are you going to be like, my legacy was fulfilled. I gave everything that I got. Or is it kind of more like, this isn't my legacy. This is something that I'm doing on earth that I'm happy and passionate about doing. It's not that it's important or not important. And it's not about waking people up. It's about that I'm doing what I need to do for myself. And, and so uh, I'm going to leave, hopefully, that I gave it, it my all, but it isn't about reaching a particular goal, because reaching a particular goal is never satisfying, because whatever goal you reach that you had, you then you make another goal. And so what is the goal that you can make that is the end goal? Not the end game, but the end goal. What is the one that doesn't, that you don't need anymore? Food is really good, but you get hungry. Intimacy is good, but then it's what about next time? You get the house, but then you want it to be bigger. And so what, what is it that, that makes it so that, it, that you don't, that you get off that wheel? And what it is, is to, is to find a peace within yourself. And so it doesn't really have anything to do with anybody else. The purpose of relationship, the purpose of all this doing is to give us the 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 mirror back as to what we're attached to and what we're holding on to, what positions we're holding. 
And so the accomplishment it can be that I've given my all. And uh, will I get to the last door? I'm not sure that there is a last door. On and on and on and on. And, and so the, the legacy stuff, uh, if I understand you, the I, th I think what I think, is that the same as purpose? I hear a lot about purpose. Is I that what you're like talking purpose, about? I feel like purpose is different. Okay, well, what I find most of purpose is about ego. It comes from ego. There may be things that we're here to learn, but I don't think that this this good and bad. I think we're we're anthropomorphizing a lot of things that 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 aren't really actual. I think with that that you know that we give we put a God on a throne because we have kings on a throne. But I'm not sure that God, if there is a you know if there is a God that would sit on a throne, I'm not sure that you know if that's what gets him off that's not really he's not really a high god that's not that's not the biggest goal going you know is to live on a throne i think we've anthropomorphized that and, and many other things and so my legacy and maybe this is what you're talking about for me i think about that the things that i've learned wanting them to be left so that people can pick up on them and there's some books yet to be written i'm a bit of a late bloomer and uh, and I could see that in my astrology chart, so I'm not. It's not a problem. It's just the way that it is for me, and and it, and it serves a, a a purpose. I don't know what the purpose is. I don't need to know what the purpose is. What does spirituality mean to you? Yeah, that's a good question. Spirituality to me means means beyond the physical plane, but I don't mean uh, uh, spirits as such. You know, I mean, you know, ghost angels. You know, it's not things that I work with, particularly entities. I don't really work with that so much either. But but the spirit in terms of uh, things that are more than what you see, you know, the idea that when you walk in a room, you know, there's more there's more there than what you feel. And so that's the spirit. And I think spirituality, when I first started working, uh, studying it, because we I think we called it spirituality back then. I, th I think it was more than about learning systems. And I think it was about understanding more about how life is and, and how life can be and what am I doing here, these life questions that you're talking about. And I would say, you know, that now spirituality to me is much more about, it's about a, a, a divinity in the sense of a power that's beyond mind. It's about surrendering my own power, surrendering my own ego, surrendering my own uh needs and desires because they don't really satisfy me they're momentarily satisfying sometimes but they are not long-term satisfying and and so spirituality to me is about coming is, is connecting more within my my true essence of who i am and and living from that rather than from living from this from this personality so much distraction uh on the surface uh so much illusion yes and that's um that's the game the hopscotch you know where to step and where not to step somebody's saying i love my dad and he's 
he wants me to be a lawyer, but I don't even like watching lawyers on TV. It's everything I'm against. And it's like, how do you how do you work through that landmine? And how you work through it is, is that it's about he wanted to be a lawyer. And all he can do is project that onto you because you're the person he always wanted to be. And so he's asking you to do that. And so and so how do you honor him? You honor him by saying, I love you, Dad, but I love me too. And I can't be a lawyer. And even if you've dropped out of law school three times or you've already been a lawyer for 15 years whatever point you you get to see the truth is is that it's you're trying to please somebody else and that there becomes an age where that for for many people where that doesn't work anymore i had a client who was about 60 that talked about the love of the of her life i didn't mention this to her i kind of thought about it later but that's a very weighty story that's hard to live up to she needed to make her the love of her knife, like knife him. And that was pressure. One time my wife said to me, my man, you know, and we we sat with that for about a week or two. And that was that was just absolute uh, chaos because it made so much uh, expectations and, and needs. And and, I, I, you know, I'm her man. But but this label, you understand this label of my man or the love of my life or are really weighty weighty to put on other people you know that you're not in the moment anymore you're in this this story and it gets to be built into marble and concrete it's like uh, rome crumbling with the earthquake and all of the uh, marble stuff falls and all the columns fall you know it's it's like it's a weight you under you understand what i'm saying it's it's very hard Oh, yeah, but that's what we encounter. We're bombarded with it every single day, nonstop. Is we're bombarded with language and ideas and concepts. We are. And so what spirituality is about is to is to see through that, is to is to be able to learn what is healthy for you and what's not healthy for you and to figure out to get enough distance, whether it be taking a seclusion in the forest or 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 or, or going away for the weekend to the beach or whatever it is, is is to find a place where you can find peace with that and, and figure out what, what do you really think separate from the, uh, the conditioning that society and family give us from other ideas, you know, to be able to stand up alone and say, I don't believe, uh, you know, I remember that was it the, the network, was it a movie in the seventies and they, it was something about TV and everybody opened their windows and shouted out, I'm not going to take it anymore. And it was so freeing in that movie that that everybody could yell out, I'm not going to take it anymore. And and that's that's the that's the beginning of your awakening. It isn't about sitting with the Buddha part of the awakening. You you gotta wake up a bit before you sit with the Buddha. By the time you're sitting with the Buddha, you're you're you've already got some really good karma and you've already been down the road a while. But the I'm not gonna take it anymore that you're open and open willing to open your window and shout out, I'm not gonna take it anymore. This is the beginning of health. Yeah, awesome. I feel like in a way I feel like we're kind of just scratching the surface, but I, I feel like this stuff, it, it really is resonating with um, some of my recent experiences. So Indra, if uh, people want to find out more about you, uh, what's the best way for them to do that? Well, I have a website, Indra Rinsler, it's all one word, dot com. And uh, that tells you a lot about, uh, some about me and a lot about what I do. 
and can offer. If people are interested uh, to write, uh, uh, my my email is inderinsler at gmail.com. And uh, if people have questions or want to say hi, I'm happy to connect with anybody that's that's interested.